What's up, everybody? Welcome to the one and only broadcast. I am your host, Matt Arrowwood. Excited to be coming at you guys again with another exciting episode. This is monumental. I had a huge, huge guest today, and I'm very, very excited to be bringing it to all of you, whether it's on YouTube or on Spotify or anywhere you listen to your podcast. Please be sure to hit that subscribe button. It helps. We really appreciate it. And be following us on the gram at The Only Broadcast and Facebook. I had an absolute blast talking to the icon and the legend, Tommy Chong. Hope you guys have as much fun listening and watching as I did. Check it out. So y'all, every, everybody, man, everybody, this is the man, the icon of comedy, the legend in the marijuana culture, Mr. Tommy Chong, ladies and gentlemen. What's good, Tommy? Everything. Everything's good. Everything's good. So you heard, you know. It's the broadcast, which I got to say, Tommy Chong likes the title broadcast. Everybody out there, he says it plays. So, um, no, I, I do. It's a, it's a great title. Thanks, it's dude. A great title. I'm, you know, I'm a great believer in, in uh, tags, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what you got to learn as, as, you know, musically in that, you know, you got to know what, uh, and, and, and naming naming different things is, is also yeah this is a, a, a treat this is where you are it's it's the place you go when you want to bro that's <laughs> you know and uh often imitated never replicated you know and yeah i've been uh, i've been enjoying this lockdown you know because i get a chance to uh, to be a stay-at-home uh, grandpa <laughs> yeah so how many i know you've got kids but how many do you have I got to keep counting them, but I got five of my own, and then I got uh, a ton of grandkids, and I got a couple of uh, great grandkids too. So I, I got a, like a bundle. I got I got a nice bundle. You know, I was I, I got a re- I, I did uh, uh, you know federal time uh, in in prison, but they kind of promised me a house arrest, you know. And so I was really looking forward to that, you know, because uh, <laughs> I got a pretty incredible house, you know, compared to what I where I came from, and and so I was kind of looking forward to it because the trouble is with with being, you know, who we are, you know, the Cheech and Chong, you know, and then uh, we were like uh, a stage act for forever, many years. And when you're when you're going on the road, I mean that's your life, you know. And yeah. Waiting at airports and uh, waiting in hotel uh, lobbies and uh, you know just you're you're just constantly on the road. Well, you never get a chance to stay home. And then when you do, uh, it's it's kind of weird on everybody, <laughs> you know, because you're like the the the. the the extra nut in the in the toolbox you know uh, what, what do you do my wife and I because we traveled together you know we were performing together mm-hmm. and now we're staying home together and uh, that, that's such a treat man it's Dude. A treat. <laughs> you know what man so yeah we were locked down here too in Texas of course and my wife and I were you know both working at home I got twin girls who at the time were eight when it all started man and sure. you talk about stress and you know testing a marriage you know we've been married for almost 15 years i guess yeah 15 yeah. years in august man. 
And uh, so now, so we're both trying to work from home. And then you got the two, you know, eight-year-old girls running around, they're bored. And then we were, we were teachers for 10 months, dude, you know, sure. before sure. they figured it out, man, that was absolutely yeah. terrible. But really? Uh, really? really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was terrible, dude. The biggest problem you have when you're locked down like that is getting to know yourself, you know? That's for sure. Because when, 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 you know, like you're on the road and that, you, you got that face for the, for the public, you know, uh, but now, like, like I learned to do dishes, not only <laughs> you know, to wash them, not only to wash them, but to take pride in them and, and to, um, uh, to be almost obsessive with, with, with it. Uh, and, and, and my wife, I, now I used to cook before, but then my wife, she hate, hates doing dishes. So, but she loves cooking. Right. And, and so we got a great situation going because she's not, she's very messy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But instead of correcting it, I, I, I take pride in the fact that I can be that, that guy to clean up behind her, you know, for sure. I, I, I love that. I love that feeling. I love that feeling. And, and, uh, you know, because, and it's almost uh, like a parent, you know, they don't like to clean up after the kids, although they do it when they're, when they're toddlers. Right. And, and, but when they get a certain age, oh, you know, you hate doing that. Yeah. But a wife is a whole different thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know if, if you're, so I, that's funny you mentioned that because, you know, my wife, you know, she does a lot of things around the house, way more than I do, you know, we both yeah. work. So, you know, we both try to do what we can. She does way more around the house though, but she and I get in this fight all the time, man. So I'm a neat freak. I got to have everything right where it needs to be. I don't like things to be messed and out of place, but I hate to clean. She, yeah, okay. right. She cleans, yeah. she cleans, but she's not tidy. So like, She'll leave like her purse and her jacket, whatever, like on sure. the stool. And sure. I hate that shit. Like, I'm like, no, 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 that's for a oh, okay. I, know, I know it's bad, man. Okay, okay. But now. then she'll sit there and she'll say, well, do you want to do the dishes? Do you want to do the laundry? Do you want to do this and clean up after your children? And I'm like, you're right. That bar stool looks good. You can put whatever you want there. <laughs> All good, man. Oh. <laughs> but, but, but you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, you know, when I went, when I, when I went to prison, I, I kind of made a vow with myself uh -huh. to be an, uh, what do you call it? Uh, 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 the best prisoner I could be. Sure. You know, and because I know, see, prisons are designed for people that don't follow the rules. Mm -hmm. They're designed for it. You know, that's why you got bars and cells, you know, and, and they got places to put you if, if you get two at a hand. Yep. So, so the, the practice is do the opposite. Be the ideal prisoner. So much so that, that they, the prison officials start depending on you, mm. you know, uh, because, because being a prison guard is one of the, the most boring, worst jobs you could have because mm -hmm. you're actually doing time, but you can't do time. You got to do time in a uniform. Yep. 
you, you got to work too. And, and, and it's not like you're going to the nice restaurant for your lunch. You know, you, you're, you're, you know, like at work with the lunch pail, mm -hmm. you know, because you, you can't hobnob with the prisoners. Right. And, and, and so guards, their only joy in life uh, is, is, is an unruly prisoner. And now, now they can do what they're trained to do or why they're there. But if you take that away from them and, and then they start depending on you mm -hmm. for the relaxation, you know, they can relax around you. And, and therefore, they can do things, they can make your life a lot more nicer than what it is in, in prison in so many ways. And so I learned, I learned that. Now, you don't have to be a snitch. <laughs> when I, no, they, they depend on snitches there. The prisons, all prisons around the world are run by snitches because they got the, the guards or the, you know, the, the authorities have no way of knowing what's going on in the prison. So they have to have their spies in there. Right. And, and so what they do, they, they find the guy that are vulnerable and then they give them extra uh, incentives, mm -hmm. you know, time off their prison, time off their term is of usually course. the biggest one. And so when I was in there, they tried to bust me for smoking pot. And, and there were so many snitches. I walked in there, man. Everybody was offering me dope. Of course. Of course they were. <laughs> yeah, because they all wanted to get time knocked off their sentence. And so every time I got offered, I refused, of course. But every time I got offered, I got taken in and, and given a drug test. And But after a few months, they, they realized that, you know, no, I'm not going to break any rules in fact i'm the opposite i'm gonna uh go out of my way to be this model prisoner and 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 I, and i did and i got so many perks for it nice you know little little perks like being able to join the the, the native sweat lodge uh what's the native and, sweat lodge well uh it's uh the indians way of worshiping and wow. so there's a federal law that said you know the feds must provide worship uh, areas for all, all religions. <clears throat> and so the Catholics got their thing, and the Jews got their thing, and Muslims got their thing. The Native Americans never had their thing, which was the sweat life. And so a, a few years ago, quite, uh, you know, maybe 10 or so years ago, uh, the feds made a law saying that uh, there has to be a, a sweat lodge in every federal prison if mm -hmm if requested and so a sweat lodge is like a sauna you know oh, it's, awesome. it, it's great and then we had our own indian grounds and so by by being a, a like a model prisoner they had no problem with me uh, joining the, the the sweat lodge you know because when i was in there being a celebrity they i was like sort of uh, the, the go-to guy if they wanted to test any kind of kind of uh uh thing with with the prisons you know to see how the prison's running and so and so they one time they hauled us out one time for a count you know just uh, uh who are you you know you know that kind of thing sure but it, but the upside was that we could work all saturday preparing the sweat lodge which means cutting the wood uh, uh and and preparing the fire for the and, and so then we had permission to have a, a small bonfire on the on the native ground that's outstanding 
Oh, can you imagine? No, I, 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 well, I was going to ask you, like, because, uh, man, look, as much as I would love to be able to use sauna as, like, a recovery routine, I don't have one in my house, but I'd like to have one, but I was going to ask, did that carry over? So when you were out of prison, did you ever find, you know, the health benefits of being in a sauna like that rewarding? Did you continue to do that? Uh, well, yeah, I, I have one. Unfortunately, the uh, the heating element's not working right now. But yeah, I I, I bought I bought a, uh, a small sauna from from the gym that I was going to. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, because the other thing I am, I'm sort of like a junk collector <laughs> because there's no trash uh, delivery in, in the in the in the country where I I grew up. Right. And so I I I I would. Go, when I would walk home, I'd walk uh, and, and, and look at what people threw out in case they threw out something that I could use. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm a wood carver, so a lot of times I would find a piece of uh, mahogany or a piece of uh, uh, hardwood, you know, that I could use. And, Did you make that necklace you're wearing? Yeah. Is that yeah. stuff like people can buy? Do you sell that? Uh, they, these are... Uh, this one in particular is a uh, like a a joint holder. Oh, okay. I'm going to uh, uh, put a lot of this stuff up on a website. It's my art artwork. Yeah, I read uh, that you were into art in a pretty major way. But I, if you start selling things like what you're wearing, that yeah. be awesome. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're going to eventually. Uh, eventually, you know. Is it I, is it going to be like? Are you going to involve all of that? So, like, I wouldn't consider that merch. That's art, you know, different. Yeah, yeah, it's not merch. But in know, fact, the the merch people they they've been after me for one of these. Everybody's been after me. Dude, I, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I want one of those, and I, I mean, what it is, it's a piece of uh, mastodon tusk. I oh, found. Uh, it's 11 million years old. Wow. I found a, a chunk of it. They excavated a, a mastodon and, and one of the tusks was broken. And so I got a, a nice chunk of a, a broken tusk. And so I carved these into, uh, into joint holders. It's beautiful. And, I love it. And, so I've given uh, maybe two away. My wife always tries to give them away on me. <laughs> and I had to get because oh yeah he'll give it to you. Yeah, don't worry about it. You know? No, those are I just I love that kind of stuff. And she, I was looking at it trying to figure out what it was. Yeah she uh, she won't let me uh, give any of her stuff. Oh no I have though. <laughs> it's like are you gonna use that like are you gonna possibly include your art in what you do with like eighth icon or is that going to be a separate business venture oh, no what, what what i'm doing i'm, I'm doing an nft art okay all, all, all this nft and what it is you know, i'll take a picture of it and then it'll be up for sale and then uh, uh i'll always have a piece of it right uh, if it gets resold again mm-hmm. uh, i'll always uh, I, I retain a what do you call it a uh, uh, like a, a royalty a royalty yeah right. I, I always get a royalty and and they 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 they'll range from 15 dollars to 15 million dollars depending on 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 the on the uh-huh. guy yeah everything i got in in this room is, is an nft <laughs> and what i'm doing i'm doing a collection of uh, of my carvings uh, 
as one 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 thing. Yeah. Um, because I realized we come from the ocean, and and everything I carved, you know, I, I used to do. Uh, my brother was a, a deep sea diver, you know, and every once in a while I'd go to his place. He lived on the water up in Vancouver, and I'd put on his gear, and I and I just go down twelve feet and sit and then put a rock on my lap wow. and then just sit there. And then, because you don't have to go looking, you right. sit there, you become part of the ocean. Yeah. The ocean comes, the person, oh, yeah. you got fish coming, looking at yours. And what I noticed about them, especially uh, octopus, uh, is that every object in the ocean is somehow some kind of fish mm -hmm. that's trying to eat something else. Yep. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and we're and we're from the ocean. You know, yeah. our, uh, the humans. We're we're from the ocean, and, and so that is the genesis. That's the beginning of life. That started in the ocean. Sure. And that's when they look for planets in the in the in the, in the heavens. They they're always they're always looking for water. Absolutely. So Absolutely. Water. Water. Water is the essence of, of the human life. I'm, I'm. Are you? I don't know. Like if I've ever really. Uh, I never thought of it in that regard, but I'm a huge extraterrestrial believer. I'm a huge advocate of it. Do you have, like, do you follow any of that? Like, do you follow any of what's been going on with the recent sightings and the, you know, extraterrestrial life and all that kind of stuff? Like, where are you at? Oh, on yeah. I, I've been following that for a year. But the only thing is, you know, we're all, humans, we're all writers. You know, we all have imagination. That That's what puts us apart from... Uh, a, a lot of other species, but we do have imagination, and uh, and 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 especially the the heavens it fires everybody up. You know, yeah. Since the begin since the beginning of time, because it was always visible. Mm -hmm. uh, Extraterrestrial. Well, you know, I, I've done some more or less uh, meta metaphysical is the, is the word spiritual work. Yeah, uh, I, I yeah I did it. I've been doing it all my life. Uh, see, I grew up poor, and the only entertainment we ever had was church. Yeah, and, and the only church I was so young, I only went to Sunday school. Mm -hmm. and, sun, and to me, Sunday school taught me the essence of everything. You know, right. and I went to Bible camp one time, and that really resonated with me. I was eight years old. I, I even won the nicest guy at camp award. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, you were the nicest guy in camp you were the nicest yeah. guy in prison yeah 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 <laughs> you, you know you're clearly still not, but you know what before I, I wanted to go back to one thing before i forget because i i read sure. something about you but i you know because yeah sure i've been a huge fan of course since i started watching movies but um jordan belfort you did was he in there with you Yes. Yeah. Okay, so, so technically, I, I read about how technically you, uh, I, I want you to tell the story if you can, but that technically, dude, you should have been in Wolf of Wall Street and you think <laughs> the royalty should probably have gotten a piece of that shit. And you, you should yeah, have been try, in that movie. Yeah, try, to, try, try to get money off of Thief. <laughs> right exactly but oh, when I, when I read about that i said i gotta ask tommy about that all the thieves will do they'll give you the money then they'll steal it back off you some way <laughs> no no what happened uh i was we we shared a, a cubicle 
Okay. And I was in the midst of writing my book when he showed up. And after a few, uh, I guess, weeks, he, he asked me, what am I doing? You know, and I told him I'm, I'm writing my, my book. And he says, oh, I'm going to write a book. And the thing is, when Jordan first appeared, you know, you could tell this guy was special. You know? Sure. He, he, he would, he always hung with a couple of guys, people, and one he's playing backgammon with, and the, another he's having a conversation. He can do, he's a multitasker. He can right. do many things at the same time. He's a, a qualified, licensed helicopter pilot because he, he, he's, a, he's got that talent. Yeah. He, was, he, he started out to be a doctor. He went to medical school. because he finished, know if I knew that one. Well, he finished high school early, and he, he was he's a genius. And so they thought, well, he'd make a great doctor. But he was telling, this is stories he told me. He said, but his first day in medical school, he was at the assembly, you know, when they're all, and they're, the head guy was giving a speech. And the head guy told everybody there, listen, if you're here to make a lot of money, get up and leave now. <laughs> and so Jordan got up and left. <laughs> <laughs> and but somewhere in his travels, he ended up finding about uh, stock the stock market. Right. And so he, be, he became a stockbroker. But he also found out the the easy way. See, or Jordan, these geniuses, they find the easy way. And the trouble is, it, it involved uh, you know taking advantage of people's weaknesses. That's mm -hmm. what, that's the way I look at it. Yeah. And so instead of being a doctor helping people, he became a stockbroker that more or less preyed on people. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, addicts. Opposite, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, junk, uh, gambling addicts. And so uh, anyway, but in in his travels, <laughs> he uh, he became uh, trying out the you know it was like wild times you know cocaine sure. and quaaludes and girls, fast women, intelligent women, and women. Jordan always had, he, he had a kind of a, a height problem because he was shorter than what he wanted to be. And yeah, that sounds like me, man. I've been shorter than I wanted to be my whole life. Yeah, well, <laughs> the, the trick is you can become bigger than everybody if you put your mind to it. 100%. And, and that's how you do it, you know. Sure. Uh, so Jordan, that was his problem. So so he, and he'd always try to get the girls that wanted the taller guy, you know, the the the, the ones that wanted the quarterback. Yeah. You know, they, didn't, they didn't want the, the running back. Uh -huh. <laughs> they, they wanted the, the main guy. Yeah. And, and he always, and, and Jordan was, you know, that way. I always wanted something. It was always out of reach for him, and he had find a way to get it. Anyway, so so he got caught, uh, and and he would have got off, but it was it was all, all ordained for him to, to to go to jail, just like it was for me. And I think it was obviously ordained that we meet. You sure. Know? So I'm writing the book, and uh, he says, "Well, I'm going to write a book." So he he uh, he writes a few pages, and right away he hands it to me. You know, like I'm. A teacher or something you know <laughs> well did he he clearly knew who you were right yeah yeah so i i i he didn't know what i did he knew yeah i was famous but he had right. no clue he wasn't a fan by no means right 
but he so so he was trying to impress impress me with his writing skills. The problem was is that I you know I've been on the this planet a lot longer than he has been, and so he showed me a page of uh, what he remembered from Bonfires of the Vanities. I said, "Well, what do you think?" I said, "You haven't written shit, man." <laughs> he went, he didn't like that, did he? <laughs> Whoa, he says, his face, he goes, what do you mean? I says, that's bonfires of the vanities. Yeah. And and so I got caught him. He goes, because he's a thief. And that's yeah. what thieves do. They steal yeah. other people's material. Uh -huh. and, and so I told him, no, I, I said, no, you haven't written anything. So then he says, well, what should I write? Well, then again, he asked me, he asked me a question. Right. And so I told him, I says, write the shit that you've been telling me every night, all the stories that you've been telling me, uh -huh. that that's what you want to write, uh -huh. you know, write what you know. You didn't just get high. You got higher than anybody's yeah. ever been high in your life. <laughs> and, and the truth was everything he told me at night was the most of. Yeah. There's no other way to put it. I mean, he stole the most money. He bought the biggest boat. He he he, he did everything. Yes, he everything. did everything. It was all big, you know, big dick quaaludes. And and so he so 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 he took my and soon as I said it's almost like a set of loose, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like catch and release. I opened the cage and boom. <laughs> <laughs> he went into he went into the writing world because that's geniuses. Once you show them the secret, the way, boom, they take off. All right. So Jordan, <clears throat> I'll take back. So Jordan basically was trying to impress you with everything he had done. You told him what yeah. to do. He took it as a genius, and then he just went with it. He ran with it, and then, and then, by the way, uh, that was the end of our our, our relationship in so many ways. Because is it because he, he didn't like what she said, or is it because he left? No, because I, I set him on the right path, and all he did was write his book. He, he just, you know, those guys, you know, when they grab a hold of something, man, whew, they they take it to the to the. Well, look what he did. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, I'm assuming, did you watch the movie? Oh yeah. Oh, so absolutely. It's, it's one of it's it's everybody. At least it's mine. It's 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 amazing, right? It's. Oh, you think they you think they nailed it. And the, uh, not, not even close to what he told me. Wow. Not even close. There was so many stories left out that, wow. that, you know, oh, there's a Russian connection. There's a, oh, there's so many, there's so many oh my uh, connections in there. Uh, but they, they focused on, you know, the obvious, you know, the cocaine, the girls. Sure. And the, Quaaludes and the, and the. There's one, there's one story I got to tell you because uh, I did a cameo and they asked me to tell a crazy story. And Jordan, when he was at the height of his, his debris and, and uh, his being high all the time, mm -hmm. he moved out to the Hamptons and right. he, bought a, he bought this incredible house. And the reason he could have all the wild parties was that he would hire the Hampton police, the whole police force. That's, that makes to, sense. To, to be, uh, you know, do security and he made sure they got paid really well. And, yeah. uh, and, and so he never ever got problems with, uh, with uh, law out there, but what, <laughs> because he was the king. Of course so, he was. So, he, 
one one day he's looking at outside and he's looking at the pool area and he says, I need a waterfall. I need something, you know, just a pool. I need more. I need, I want a waterfall there. And I want it big. I don't want just a tiny little stream. I want, <laughs> I want a big ass waterfall here. And so the architect said, hey, no problem, man. You know, we'll do it. Now make sure it's big. I want it, you know, impressive. And so, <laughs> so the guy, I don't know, spent a year or so doing it. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, and Jordan, one time, okay, it's all finished. Turn on the water. He's got this huge waterfall, Niagara Falls, in his backyard. Jordan comes up, takes one look at it, and says, I hate it. <laughs> he just threw it away. Of course he did. That's what he could do. But the thing is, he, he never... <laughs> He, he's still going the same route that he was going when <laughs> when I when I met him, you know. Uh, so so he's still. In fact, there was a girl, a friend of mine. Uh, she's really tight with the Bidens, and she wanted to uh, do a documentary on Jordan. She heard the story. Sure. She, oh, let's do a documentary. Let's. And so she arranged Jordan and I and uh, my wife and Jordan's girlfriend at the time to have dinner. Well, the problem was, no, Jordan and I, we love each other. We, we, you know, we went through uh, the whole prison together. And, you know, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of respect, a lot of love between us. And so, so Jordan was really glad to see me, you know, but he hadn't changed. <laughs> he still... yeah, I mean, like, if you all had a podcast together, you could call it All About the Green. <laughs> plays, right? Well, he, he, uh, he has a podcast. Nobody did after he got out, and the movie was such a hit. He became a, a what do you call those uh, uh, business gurus? You know, yeah, yeah, sure. Get, you know, taking money to show people how to make money. Yeah, you know, and basically how to steal money of <laughs> <laughs> unsuspecting people. You know. Yeah. Well, anyway, we're having this dinner, and my wife and his girlfriend gets into this horrendous argument. Oh my god! Because she's a Trumpy, and my oh, wife, no. <laughs> and, and my wife is the opposite. <laughs> she's she hates Trumpies. Right. Now me, me, I don't care what, who you are. You know, and so Jordan and I got along. Anyway, they got in a big fight, and so Jordan and his girlfriend grabbed his girl and stormed out of the of the the dinner. And, and then he came back. He said, "To show you what a, a good Republican I am, I picked up the tab." <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> and awesome. He and, and really, that was the last time I, I saw him. I, I actually saw Jordan. So of course, everybody knows who you are, what you've done, your acting career, everything you did. But how did you transition from your acting endeavors to a very successful businessman? I mean, you've got your hand in so many different things. I, I just want to know, how did that happen? Uh, I've got a son. His name is Paris Chong. <laughs> Uh, he's uh, the son of my gorgeous wife, Shelby Chong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> While Paris and Shelby are so much alike in so many ways because they're both excellent business-minded people. Mm -hmm. My wife made more money when I was in jail than I did when I was out of jail. Mm 
Wow. Uh, and all she did was take what we had, our, our holdings, and she parlayed them into uh, a real estate uh, thing up in Canada. And then now she did it down here. She came down here and did the same thing. You know, she'd buy houses, fix them up, rent them out, yeah. uh, and resell them, buy a new one. You know, she's into that. Anyway, she, she, uh, she she's, and, and my, my son, it, well, she was the one, I'm, I'm the worst businessman. I, I'll tell you right now, I am, I either want to give it away or give everybody too much. Uh, like she was mad at me because she had some treasures that I, I thought, you know, oh, just give it away because I'm, I don't get it. I'm, I'm the I don't get attached to anything. Like all of my guitars, some. In fact, this is my uh, third, third collection. I've had the other two stolen. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! So and, you're on your rather, third, you're on your third guitar collection. Yeah, rather than get mad, I get happy, because good now I can get a new, <laughs> a new collection. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I don't get it. I, I, you know, I grew up in the country. I don't get attached to anything. Uh, and and but my wife, you know, she's the business leader. So we, when she joined up, when she, her and I became partners on the in the comedy circuit, the first thing she did was uh, start making our own T-shirts, our right. own merch. Right. Because because we went before she came, I would sell the club's T-shirts. <laughs> right. Whatever club I was in, I'd sell their T-shirts and autograph it. And of course, the club really loved that. Of course. Uh, and then people were bringing up bongs you know that they'd made chong bongs yeah of and course. So, she, so that so so my wife got my son into opening a company called chong bongs but anyway uh, my wife and my son are the ones that are responsible for getting me into all this business yeah that's awesome though because it's such an awesome transition and it gets you so i mean you know it's almost like adapting right so you didn't have social media back in the day you didn't do all that no. stuff. You didn't do any of that. You just, you did what you loved, but I, I just- we never, we never had cell phones. We never had uh, any of the electric cars. I tried to make my own electric car uh, years ago, uh, but no, we had, and, but it was my wife and my son, you know, uh, Paris that, that uh, and now we're, we're looking at a hundred million dollar uh, uh, company with, uh, with the, with the weed. Yep. And and then we're going to parlay that even even bigger. We're even going to go bigger with that. I, I tell everybody that I want to become, if not the one, the richest man in the world. You know, you uh, should be. Why not? Yeah, I, I really, <laughs> it can it, it can be done because I've got the right product, and there's billions of people, and and now we've got the internet, everything else. I can reach all these people, and so if I convince enough people that make it make me wealthy sure will will save the planet i i think i got a good shot at it because i really do i, I do have plans uh, how we can save the planet and, and when when i say save the planet is uh, what I, what i mean is is change uh, our our focus you see we live in a very physical planet uh and, and there's always violence and there's always chaos and always drama going on right. in, in the physical world. Uh, however, uh, we, we, like you say about UFOs, and, and we have a thing 
that I really, really appreciate called AI, artificial intelligence. Oh, sure. Yeah. Now, the reason people are afraid of AI is because they think AI is capable of doing bad things. Well, the truth is, when you're when you reach a certain level of intelligence, there is no such thing as bad. <laughs> there right. is no such thing as wrong. Right. You know, all it is is experiences. And see, so you have to, it's like experiment. Oh, they coming up with the with the with the uh, vaccine. Yeah, you know they did. They didn't have the magic formula. They had to experiment. They had to try this. They had to try that. Try this one. Try that. This man, and, and that's why the AI comes in into uh, play because it saves us a lot of time. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they can do all that. We have the supercomputers because that's what AI really is. Super. Oh yeah, I mean, it, AI's it's become instead of the unattainable, it's the unavoidable. It's it's the phone. It's everything I'm, you and I are talking about. It's that's it's, right. No. Now figure out what uh, what the UFOs are. The UFOs so aren't, aren't. I have aren't. I have a few theories. I'd like to hear yours. Okay, my theory is that uh, because of uh, we're now discovering AI, we're now discovering. Well, it's been around forever, but I mean, see, see you and I, the average sure. person, uh, and so look at what we've done with the Mars rover. You know, we, we sent the uh, rocket ship with with the rover to Mars, landed it, and, the, and it now is going around Mars taking pictures, right. uh, and, and drones, and now we have a drone over there that's yep. also doing, doing the work for us. So my, my theory with the UFOs is that they're drones, it's, you know, and who knows where they're from, you know? 100%. And, 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 and not only drones, but they're there to, to capture, uh, not not to fight not, because <laughs> the, the, why why do you want to destroy something you know especially in the physical world because right. you let it, let it wait long enough it'll it'll destroy itself or whatever it's, it is it's it's funny how you know I, I first of all i i agree so i'm not some crazy ufologist you know like jeremy corbell or those guys or uh you know but i'm fascinated by it because the way i look at it was you know, you talked about the Bible earlier, and you mentioned how it's written by man, it's written by writers, and writers embellished by nature. That's their job. That's what they do to make it to where you want to read it. So you have to build in a little bit of uh, interpretation. But with the UFO sightings and everything else that's gone, if you really, really dig deep, if you really go deep, these, this has been happening for millennia. They, they've been around yeah. since the beginning. Um, I think it's a mixture of, you know, what you said, drones, uh, technology that we don't understand, and interdimensional beings that go in and out of dimensions. That's why the speeds in which you see them and how they appear and reappear, a lot of people say that's because it's going in and out of dimensions. That's how they travel, interdimensional travel, which I could talk to you about for <laughs> all day. But that... Again. You know, I mean, and also people have the other theory that, you know, we as a culture of the human species, you know, we're, there are old, there are ancient cultures that are way more advanced than we are, man. And that's what we're seeing. And that there could be remnants of, of, of species of ancient technology that's been long extinct, but are now coming back. And then there's species and 
in life that's we're way ahead of too. We're like in the middle, you know. I mean, well, well, well we're always in the middle. Number one, and number two, uh, the, the past is gone forever. Yeah. Uh, so, so it's not what used to be. And and the other thing too is that we are we ourselves we are eternal beings. Yes. No, not not our body. Right. Not our body. Our souls. Mm -hmm. Our souls are eternal. Yep. And and and, and it's our souls that that are in, trapped inside the body that uh, in fact that operate the body and and we're here to learn and what are we here to learn we're here to learn how to exist in the now in the present see the present is always we can never go back to the past and we can never be ahead in the future yeah so we're always in the present and that's why like you say other dimensions yeah this this is our understanding of it yeah. But when but when we reach to, to that level of understanding, it's a whole they have a whole different way of looking at it. You know? Yeah, and like you said, the people that think they're here to do harm, what would what what would they gain from harming such a lower <laughs> intelligence like us? You know, I mean, what what do they have to gain from that? <laughs> look at look how vulnerable we are. Think about think about how vulnerable we are. We can't do without oxygen. For for any more than ten minutes, right? Ten minutes. Oxygen, no, you. Bro, we can't even out. do without Wi-Fi these days. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. Water. Yeah. Uh, we we need food. We need substance. Uh, we we're in a physical experiment. Yeah. Because that's what it is. It's an experiment. Yeah. And and it and it never stops. But because we are eternal beings, when you look out at the stars, we're not seeing the future. We're seeing the past. A hundred percent. Those things could have yeah. out millions of years ago. And, and, and yes, you bring up yes. the perfect point. So we're seeing the past. We now we are the future. Mm -hmm. We're living in the present. You can't get in the future. You can get in there with your imagination, like everybody's done, like writers have done. That's why the Bible, if it's interpreted properly, will come up with every answer that you need to know. Yeah. About everything, about everything. That's why the Bible is so great. Uh, I tell I tell this story all the time, but it's the truth. I, I was walking in New York, going to the gym, and all of a sudden I felt something take my body and turn it and push me into a, a Harper Collins uh, uh, bookstore. And, and it wasn't even a bookstore; it was like it was their uh, the publishing company. Right. And and then I felt the same angel, I guess take me over to a counter and my hand, I felt something on my hand, go down and pick up a book. And it was called the uh, uh, autobiography of Joe S. Goldsmith. And that book changed my life. Right. I, I don't think I, I don't think he even went to the gym. I think I went home and read and it. read, read the book. And it was so beautiful because Joe Goldsmith was a healer. He was Jewish, but he became a Christian scientist and he became a healer. And, and then he became a lecturer on, on, on our existence and, and his followers taped him. And yeah. then they published his, his, his uh, train of thought. They, they couldn't write it like straight on. They had to write it with parables and, and uh, there was a man, you mm -hmm. know, the way humans sure. uh, 
reenact because that's how the way they people well, wrote in the yeah I, in the day. a hundred percent but what i'm saying in the bible the first thing it says in the beginning was the word now when you think about that think about what a word is a word is a means of communication where that you understand what I'm saying. I'm not grunting. I'm not pointing. I'm not saying. I'm saying a word that has meaning. Right. And the word was God. Now, when you realize how powerful that word is, it's the genesis of all religions to begin with. Mm -hmm. uh, it is shouted and used probably more than any other word in the English language or in any language. It is used to, to express all sorts of emotions, but more than anything, and it's used in our court system to, of to, course. Swear, to swear on the Bible. It's on, it's on our currency. And it's on our currency. It's the most powerful word in the universe. And if it's used properly, and you don't even have to say the word to use it, all you have to do is think, just put the thought of God in your mind, and your life will become so incredible uh, if you continue to do that. Now, you have to do it with, with faith, and it has to be the kind of faith that, that is unshakable. Oh, yeah. Especially the Lord's Prayer. It has everything you need to know. Can you imagine being unique in a world where you run out of numbers? Trillions aren't, aren't <laughs> doesn't say it enough. No. Like I, I heard some of those, uh, uh, those uh, uh, you know, the heavenly uh, uh, auras or the flashes and that are the, the equivalent of a trillion atomic bombs going yeah. off at the same time. Yeah, it's I not mean, you can't even fathom that kind of thing. We're running out of things, but yet it's who God created <laughs> this this incredible endless universe that's always been here. So so this is thy will be done. Thy will be done. Mm -hmm. That's what I said when I went to prison. I'm in prison and I'm going to bed. And it's a little caught, and, 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 and at first I got a little claustrophobic because I could hear the door being locked. I got, I'm in a room uh, uh, with 250 men, and, and there's noises, sound like a men jungle, you know, crying and coughing and farting, all these weird yeah. sounds. And, and I hear that door click, and all of a sudden, I, I, for a second, I got claustrophobic. But then I, I thought this. I, I, I don't know if I said it or thought it, but it said, thy will be done. And the minute I, I realized it, because that's all, all we have to do. Yeah. All we have to do is realize who we really are. Yeah. And when you realize that fact, you can put up with it. Then everything else is just uh, education. And that's what, it, that's what it turned out to be. And, and it turned out to be because of my thought process i had probably the most one of the greatest times of my life in prison 
<laughs> well, that's, you know, you're reminding me a lot of, have you ever heard of an author called Ryan Holiday? No. So he wrote a series of three books and essentially I'm in the middle of the first one and it's called The Obstacle is the Way. And then the second one is called um, Ego is the Enemy. And mm -hmm. then the third one is called, uh, uh, I forget the name of it, but it's all about stoicism. It's all about using your mind to use faith, but also use your mind on don't ever be too excited. Don't ever be too panicked. Just be stoic. If you look at every obstacle, like you're saying, as opportunities to become stronger and every failure is a blessing because it's teaching you what to do better the next time. So you should see it as such fighters and everybody else who are really into their own mind know that, okay, like you've been talking about all this during this last 30 minutes about we fail in life over and over and over and over. And it, somebody with the success that you've had, people think, oh, he was just born blessed. That is not the truth. I mean, anybody who knows you had to fail and you had to go through a lot of problems and pain and prison and all kinds of things and poverty and look at all the things you had to go through. But the stoic mind is basically what this, these books are about and how you should train your mind and how you can be successful in life if you keep that level of stoicism, essentially. A lot of the things you're saying just reminded me of that. I just happened to be reading those books. Well, um, what, you, what you're saying is, is exactly what, what I, I was taught. It, 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 there's little phrases that, I, I, that let go and let God. Yeah. That's being stoic, like you said. Like the serenity because, prayer, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and like you said, what ego, I used to do a, a, a comedy bit about the sweat lodge. <laughs> By the way, when, when I got out of jail, I went on the road again doing comedy. And, and, and I had an old buddy that had done time in jail uh, in uh, Kansas City, uh, Craig, Craig Glasser. And, and he owned the, he owned the he part owner of the club. And, and I started doing the sweat lodge routine and Craig went nuts. <laughs> My wife was backstage because I, I, you know, when I do comedy, some, it's a stream, stream of consciousness. I don't, I, I don't write anything down or anything. I just get out there and, you know, I'm so connected that, that I started going off on the sweat lodge routine and Craig was, he, he almost came out on stage to try to stop me because I wasn't doing comedy. You're not doing comedy. <laughs> you're talking about rocks and <laughs> that but the audience loved it yeah. ate it up yeah <laughs> no the, what you said about ego so so true and, oh and, and that was my point in, in when it, when i talk about the sweat lodge yeah. the warriors native warriors would because i studied enough about it you know yeah and 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 the native warriors would always go in the sweat lodge before they went into war yeah because what happens you, you sweat out the ego see the <laughs> ego the ego is a false sense of who you think you have to be yeah that's what the ego is yeah because the ego is sort of like that's why when you when, when you're being a comedian you you gotta lose I don't know. Ego. I, yeah you guys i i i had clearly no idea what it's like to be in a comedian but i know you guys the six even even not even the successful ones like you but how 
you've got to put your ego aside because you're probably getting killed up there before you ever murder on stage. What just in your mind. mind. Just in your mind. Just yeah. in your mind. Yeah. That's what my that's what I, I, I had to tell my, my wife in the beginning, you know, because you know, she was a girl coming out and, and especially in New Jersey. Yeah. But but she's such a fighter that you know that she she evolved so so fast. But but uh yeah, yeah, it's all in your your own mind. Yeah. Who you who you think you have to be. Yeah, that, that's what it is. Yeah. And so the natives, the natives, when they uh, kill them in the sweat lodge, when they fought, fought their enemy, they got to the point where they didn't have to kill them. They would go over in, in what they call a coup and they touch their enemy on the chest, boom, and turn around and like, you know, I'm a bad motherfucker, <laughs> you know? Wow. And, and uh, that's, that's the way the natives fought. When you found, I, I'm curious because the more and more I, I actually talk to you, man, the more I realize, dude, I could be your son, a long lost son. And I'm not kidding, man. <laughs> Let me just tell you why. So I'll, I'm going to run this down real quick, dude. Uh, you're the same age as my dad. You're 83, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was born in 1938, November 10th. 38, November. Yeah. So May, June, July, uh, September. October, November. I'm seven months older than him. Wow. Okay. So there's that. Uh, I have, I, I, I don't know when uh, you, I'll ask, I want to know like when you decided or even found out you were a native at all, but I have some native American, very small because my last name is Arrowwood um, with one W. I've always got to tell people that people always call me Arrowhead or whatever. My, all my friends call me Woody, you know, um, but I do have some, and I went into that a little bit, but I think now that I'm older, I want to go and really investigate. Oh, do it. Uh, do, it do you, the, do it's your, the Oklahoma Territory. I know that. The Upper West. Earth. Yeah, the Upper Panhandle of Texas and Oklahoma is where my dad's side's from. I was The Cheyenne. From, yeah. You're, you're yeah. probably Cheyenne. I, I want to know, man, because, you know. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I think it's fascinating. I've always loved that Native culture. Um, the Viking culture, just the warrior culture, man. I, I love that, and it's it's got. We were, you were you were probably there. We I, were, I believe we I were there. I, I I believe in that, dude. I mean, yeah. I, I literally, dude. I, I could have a, a a podcast with you just about talking about spirituality. Um, just you're a wealth of knowledge, dude. I just every time I talk to you about something, it's like, oh. There's another podcast and another and another and like the conversations <laughs> just kind of keep coming. You know? but, yeah, but yeah. You know the nativity of it all. What? When did you get interested in that? When you were growing up, like how old were you when you decided I want to know about who I am, where I'm from? I my mother was a great storyteller, and we just found out just recently, just a few months ago, that my mother was over 20 percent native and wow. and and then so then we we because i got i married a, a my first wife was black and so my older children radon and robbie wow. they did the dna they wanted to find out you know where, where they were from yeah and 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 then they found out that i'm eight percent native my mother was like 20 percent native wow that meant That's a lot that meant her that meant her mother was half mm-hmm and that was the big family secret. 
because they used to tell me that my my mother she was dark my grandmother she committed suicide when my mother was three three years old and and she had like eight kids and so and there was some obviously some stuff going on sure. but they never talked about her like my grand i met my 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 granddad her husband uh sam he, he was a carpenter but then i found out that my mother was my grandmother was born in mafican manitoba and so oh, wow. I, I i checked out mafican it's on the in the middle of the reservation between uh, Saskatchewan and, and uh, Manitoba, right in the middle. And my mother told me that. And my mother, like I said, she was a great storyteller, very beautiful. Uh, she had TB when, when I was a, a baby. So I, she got you know sequestered away from us for five years. Oh, she was the biggest influence. And she married a little uh five foot three chinese here i am <laughs> I, I wish i had you know that kind of information you know uh i wish i had that kind of interesting lineage i don't my uh you know are you sure i i'm not sure um <laughs> then, then I mean, you that's have. true dude like i did the 23 and me shit and you know i've got all this stuff i mean a lot of russian a lot of this a lot of that you know russian same as me my, yeah, my, my my all my aunts married Russians. See, I'm telling yeah. you, man, I could be your long lost son. I'm telling you. Yeah. I'm also, yeah. I'm also, I play guitar. I, you know, do all those things. I, I didn't know you were a guitarist actually until, um, I don't know. I, I saw somewhere you did an interview somewhere. I don't remember where it was, but I saw all the badass guitars you have on your wall, and then I realized, <laughs> dude, you were a musician before you were you know Cheech and Chong I mean you were oh oh for sure the funniest thing is that when I was with Motown I never spoke I never hardly said a word wow. I was like a backup guitar player and uh and but I was a, the lyricist I wrote the lyrics for the for the song and no we had a if you've ever been in a band with a black guy uh singer you know that could sing uh, you don't get much chance to talk <laughs> yeah but if, you like you're because I, I uh, you know, I'm a new guitarist, right? I, I started yeah. in life and I have such, I'm such a dork when it comes to guitarists, man. I'm such a fan of just what all goes into it. But blues, especially, yes. Um, I'm a huge metal head. So yeah, I love metal. Um, but what I found out by doing all the, you know, just learning, man, like the scales, the blues scale is like the blueprint of every single badass metal guitarist and metal band. If you really think about it, the blues scale is like the blueprint to every guitar solo, really. And um, I did an episode a, long, a couple weeks or week, maybe a month ago, about a good friend of mine who's like one of YouTube's biggest guitarists. You know, he does the instructional stuff, you know, and I've learned more from him than I have. Oh, isn't that great? It's amazing. But we had this long conversation and we realized that every guitarist, whether it's blues or jazz or whatever it is, every guitarist, man, they have this like guitarist blueprint or, or family tree. So like Jimmy, Jimmy had influences and those influences had influences and so on and so on. And dude, I go insane, man. Like you, I can look at guys like Dimebag Daryl, okay? Probably to me, one of the best metal guitarist that ever lived he had influences from people from all kinds of genres of music man 
And it was was he, with, was he with Pandera? Pantera, man, you got it. Yeah, here's here's my. This is the guitar they gave me. Pandera gave me. Can you oh see? Oh my it? god, that's a Dean. Yeah. Oh my god, they signed it, yeah. gave it to you. Yeah. Oh my god, that is absolutely priceless, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, it is. That that yeah. Dean, dude, that Dean, he would make that guitar do things nobody could and. I know, but but he had influences of country, of, of sure. Ace Friendly, Eddie Van Halen, and when you watch yeah. these guys play, man, you can see the little small influences of those people in their yeah. their style. You know, yeah. it's like so. Yeah. Anyway, I, I get off on tangents about guitar, but no kidding, the most amazing no. thing I've ever seen. Holy shit! What I did, uh, I, I I was never really uh, a guitar affectionado i was a rhythm guitar player mm -hmm. out of necessity necessity I, like i said i grew up in the country and we had a fiddle player that built his own house uh, across the field and uh, i used to go and roller skate on his uh, foundation you know when he just had the foundation oh, yeah the, the first floor and I, I roller skate then we became friends and i started babysitting for them and then he found out that i played uh, guitar and so his guitar player, you know, left town, I think. And so then he recruited me as a, as a rhythm guitar player. Nice. And, and, and so I, I, we used to play house parties, you yeah. know, either at my house or their house, his house. And uh, especially when, when he just finished his house. And so he, t I was like backup guitar player. I was his drummer, his, his, uh, his backup guy. Yeah, uh, and uh, rhythm guitar player, and so, and that went on for a bunch of years, uh, a couple of years, and then as I when I drew uh, joined Army Cadets, I met another native, uh -huh. uh, uh, Elvis Presley. Uh, he eventually became an Elvis Presley impersonator. Oh wow! Because he was he was kind of tall, good looking, and Oklahoma, he could do all that. <laughs> <stuff>. <laughs> and so I, uh, I became his backup guitar player too. And then I started dancing uh, uh, jive, you know, and go to the community center. And I met uh, this uh, running back, a football player, who who introduced us both, uh, uh, Dick and I, to the blues. Yes. And and, and when hey, you want to hear something interesting about the blues? You bet. Um, I met this. Where were I? Guess was he Ukrainian or Russian? Uh, a journalist. And he he'd lived in uh, Africa for a while, and he found out that the blues came from this one area in Africa where they had the uh, the uh, dwarfs, the midget, uh, what do they call them, the a short pigmy? people, the short people, pygmies. Pygmies. Uh, and in that area, there was a bird that sang with the flat five. It would it, the 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 words the 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 notes yeah would, would be equivalent to a blues uh, uh, the, to the blues scales yeah yeah and, and and he figured they figured that's where the blues actually originated from because their songs would incorporate the sound of the bird in, into their into their songs wow and you want to want to know do you know what a Bo Diddley is Bo Diddley well. I know yeah. the name, but no. Okay, the name of the song, the sure. name of the guy was yeah. Bo Diddley. No, I do not. Bo, Di Bo Diddley is what they called 
the slaves, when they came from Africa, you know, brought over, they never had their instruments. And so they would create instruments with what they had. You know, they'd build their own drums and or they'd find something to hit that sound like a drum. And then they needed that twang. And so what they would do, they would stretch a, a, a bailing wire on a barn or some out, out building and stretch it across and then put a bridge in, in between the the barn and the and the and the wire itself uh-huh. and, and it gave it that that twang sound and they called that a bow diddly unbelievable that's so cool so did that <laughs> what, yeah so with blues who do you who do you gravitate to who do you like to listen to well can you imagine i i started out with uh sunny boy williamson and jimmy reed uh that was the first guy I, I I heard doing the blues like that, and of course, uh, um, all the great BB uh, King. Of course, uh, yes, BB uh, BB King. In fact, that was the first song I learned was, uh, 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 "I Got a Sweet Little Angel." I love the way she spreads her wings. Yes, and when she spreads her wings around me, I get joy and everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was Jimmy, 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 Jimmy Reed. Uh, I mean, uh, Jimmy, what was BB King? Yes, sir. And, and and I met a lot of the BB King. I met a oh, I heard the the best one of the best guitarists ever was T Bone Walker. T Bone Walker. T Bone Walker. He he was one that that wrote uh, i think stormy monday oh Call of it course. Stormy Monday. yeah yeah, yeah. Of that, course. that's t-bone walker and i seen him live at his peak and then i cool. seen him i seen him live when he was almost dead you know blues <laughs> like you you talk a lot or talked a lot about you know writing artistry and you know i think music is is what the soul needs i don't understand people that don't i get it not everyone's gonna love music like you or me or other people, but I don't see how people can live their life without an affinity for music, man. I don't but like but like blues, man. It, it's it's I was what I was getting to was like it's poetry, it's writing, it's a story. All every single even like Metallica songs or BB King or John Lee Hooker or you know any of those guys. Every song has a story, man. You just got to yeah. listen to the lyrics. You may not understand it at first, but keep listening because there is a point. You know, rap, country. I oh, I, 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 I heard uh, it too all the time. I heard a great great interview where they asked this pastor, uh, singer of uh, a gospel singer, and, and and they asked him, you know, uh, about the difference between gospel and the blues. And, and the gospel, according to the minister, is everything positive. Everything is positive, you know, God, love of God. And the blues is when they get into everything negative. Yeah, it's tragic, man. <laughs> blues is tragedy. Yeah. But I, I, I mean, I, I just think it's, it's awesome, dude, to find like a kindred spirit. I think... Music can bring everybody together, just like, you know, no matter who you are, if you are a guitarist, for instance, I'm not great, but 
I'll understand things that you say, and you'll understand things that I say, just because we've taken that journey, same journey. You're just way better than mine. But, you know, music lovers come together, like when you're at a concert, you have all kinds of people, black, white, red, yellow, whatever, male, female, but they're all there and they're all enjoying the same thing for the same reason. And it's, uh, well, you, well, you, well, you know, you know that the music is eternal. Yes. You know, there, there has always been the note C and there's always been the note G. There's never been a time in this world when uh, there was never uh, sounds. Yeah. And every sound has a, uh, uh, something attached to it, pitch. Yep. And and it's it's been like this for eternity. Yeah. And then some. And, and no then music. Music uh, is a language. Yes. And, and it and it, well, look what it used to do for the the crops. You know, the cowboy singer. You yeah. know, they used to go sing to the herd. Yeah. Uh, to keep them calm. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Calm them down. And when you when a child want you want to put a child to sleep, put on the music. <laughs> Absolutely, and and yeah. I think uh, much like you know everything else, it just brings people together. Like I, I remember uh, hearing somebody talk about um, like they were talking about marijuana, cannabis, CBD, and then they were talking about and I know this is it all is relatable. So. Now that marijuana is becoming a bit more acceptable and it's uh, you know legal, it's called cannabis. But when it's illegal, it's marijuana. Like that's a bad word or something. Uh, it's a racist well, word. It's right. a racist word. Right. Pure racist. Yeah. Uh, you see, as long as it was cannabis or hemp, it was okay. But the minute it became marijuana, then it would become Mexican and, and evil and bad yeah. and, and, you know, or reefer. Reefer is that's sure. what the blacks that's what the blacks used to smoke the black those evil black jazz musicians yeah you know yeah but look at, look at you know yeah. you mentioned being in the now a lot and yeah you know I'm not the most avid smoker everyone who knows me watching this knows that but I know a lot of people that are and they always say that it's it's uh it forces you to be in the now right now yeah and yep. I've had experiences dude where I freak out because I don't like what I'm seeing. Like, you know, like, and I'm so like, like in Cheech and in, in your, in up in smoke when y'all are in the car, you know, and Cheech at the beginning and he freaks out, you know, that's me. Like, I don't know what the <laughs> fuck is going on, man. I get, annoyed. I'm like, wait, am I supposed to be feeling like this? Like, and, 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 and I don't do it right because only time I've ever done it really is when I'm already drunk. And that's all my friends are like, no, man, you're not doing it right. And that's right. I, I did it uh, like two in the morning and I was in college. And just to give you an idea, and about an hour later, my roommate came out and found me on the kitchen floor, sitting Indian style in the dark, taking my pulse, watching the oven clock to make sure I was still alive for one hour. <laughs> that is a true story. <laughs> and, it, and, 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 and it scared me. I'm like, dude, I don't want to do this again, man. It doesn't make me feel good. But now that I've understand it more, I think you should. I should try it in more of a, a the right way, get the right benefits of it. But you know how Joe Rogan's always like, "Yeah, man, I like the anxiety it gives you because it keeps me honest, because it brings out the bullshit you don't like about yourself, and you got to face it because it puts you in the now." You know? It does. It does. And yeah. Yeah. Do you have do you have any stories like that, dude? Like, did you ever get you know back in the day? 
did you ever get with anybody that just completely barbecued you? Even you, like, did you, can you remember a time when somebody just smoked you out to where you can still remember to this day? <laughs> uh, yeah, a few times, a few times. Uh, uh, I was uh, one time uh, when Snoop Dogg had a up and smoke tour. Uh-huh. And, and the, the big, the big finale was smoking out of a six foot bong. Good God. And, uh, and they, they loaded it up and I was on stage. And once you put me on stage, you know, I'll, I'll you know, I'll commit suicide practically. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I, I, I did a big hit of that bomb. Now it looked like a, an act, but I sincerely almost passed out. And, um, and it took me a while to recover because I'm not, I'm, Definitely, I, I'm a one toker, you know, one, two tokes, one, two tokes and then put it out. And, then, and if you need more, then you come back and toke some more, you know. Yeah. Uh, neither Cheech, Cheech and I are both lightweight when it comes to smoking weed. Uh, you yeah. know that nobody believes you when you say that. I know. <laughs> well, there's a movie that was, uh, you know, because we did, we, we did uh, um, the most out, you see. Yeah, stuff. That's that was my my rule in there. No, I, I I'm I'm the type of guy. You know, I I grew a, a whole bunch of weed one time, and we're we're in the uh, garage, we're trimming them, and I'm the type of guy. I drop a a, a little nugget on the floor. Uh-huh. I'll get on my hands and knees and look for it. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got 40 plants hanging up and I'm on them because I realize how powerful and how important that one little nugget is. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I treat I treat all all my we I, I wish I could say I'm a, a, a good grower. I'm not because I, I'm I'm too flighty, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'd rather do this and then, then, you know, uh, grow something. I'm not good at growing. Never was. I, I'm good at but what you're doing now with, with your dispensarias, right? That that's like seed to sale, right? That's, that's, yeah. you're trying to do the whole thing. I, well, we will, we will eventually. Yeah. So I'm in Texas and, you know, it's weird. The laws here, man, about what's legal and what isn't, but well it's funny like here it's just so everybody does it it's 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 everywhere it's 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 you know it has always been in texas dude texas was where probably where it all began Mm -hmm. you know i just i i just hope that it just just legalize it already dude just get rid of it you know if you want to tax it fine just you know let's get on with it just like the prohibition and alcohol and all that what's the what's the difference they were racist laws for money, money, because uh, the oil companies, the plastic companies, they, they didn't want to have to compete with hemp mm-hmm. because they couldn't compete with hemp. Right. And, but, and as soon as they got rid of hemp, then they could compete. And that's, look at our country now because of the oil glut and the, you know, all the, all the crap, you know, but it doesn't matter, you know, relax, don't worry about it because um, the best is, is, it's like bodybuilding. You know, when you go to a gym, you don't look around. At least you shouldn't look around and see who needs what. 
Right. All you want to do is look in the mirror and see what you need and then take care of that. Then once you get your body looking good and if someone wants help and you know how you can help, then you can give them help. But that, 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 that's with life now. What we're going through with our civilization is that we are adapting to the fact that marijuana or, or cannabis is beneficial. It is a medicine. It won't do what they see it's going to do. On the other hand, alcohol is a poison. Alcohol will uh, create all sorts of terrible uh, scenarios in your house if it if it's allowed to run rapid. Uh, just like opioids are, are dangerous and not necessary because we have our cannabis. We have uh, sleep aids. This is, this, what, this is to get you up. This is a, a product I'm selling. It's uh, CBD, yep. but it's nice vibes. I just took it now because I, I, I start getting a little tired. I'll take it. It's got some stuff in there that'll get me going. This at night, this is what I do. I do one little tablespoon, I mean a little droplet, and I sleep like a baby. But again, again, all the weed, the music, everything, always, always acknowledge God in your in your heart, in your mind. That, that that's why, like for instance, I was on the Joe Rogan show, mm-hmm. and you can't you can't find that tape anywhere now. He 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 really he shut yeah he shut it down oh. because because uh, he didn't uh, he didn't like what I what, what I was this exactly what I'm saying now because because the the Brogan theory is almost like metal it is where they 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 play into a select audience Mm -hmm. you know that 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 are anarchists you know or could could be or you know and they they they're evolving Everybody evolves, you know, musically, spiritually. Everybody's at their own state of evolution, and and uh, so so I found uh, that in order to help, like Joe, like I, I I did a joke with Joe after the the the, the podcast. I had no idea how upset it how upset I made him. Oh, wow. Because I, I really upset him because I went totally. But he was so, so polite and such sure. a pro that he, he never let me know that uh, at wow. the time. But I found out later that the poems lit up like crazy. All his avid followers thought I was a, the worst thing that ever happened to his show. And and, 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 and like he did, he, he took it off. He, he doesn't wow. want anybody to hear it. Now, what I, you know what I said to Joe at the end? What's that? I said, well, we're walking. He showed me his big place that he had, you know, which he doesn't have anymore. I guess he, he went to Texas. Yeah, he's here in Austin now. Yeah, he's showing me. His, his, and it's a big gym. And and I know. I, I see gym. And, you know, I know what gyms are. I grew up in them. And so I, Joe was showing me his gym. I said, as a joke, I said, uh, so, Joe, do you get a chance to work out here often? <laughs> no. Yeah. He's buffed. I know, man. And he didn't laugh. He just looked at me. He says, oh, is that a joke? 
And I said, I didn't answer. I, I don't think I answered him. I, I think he was kind of almost talking to himself. He took offense. In other words, he took offense, you know, that's, that's, because because that's that's that mindset of the, those people that have enemies, you know. Yeah. You know, they 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 they're looking for something. They're looking for well, you know, the MMA. Yeah, they're looking for someone to fight, sure. someone to punch, sure. you know, someone no, to say I, I'm tougher than you. You know, they're on that thing. And so then, uh, a little while later, I'm at at the fights. In fact, I got invited to the McGregor fight. Which and one? I'm sitting, uh, well, in not the one where he, the the one where he won right away. It was oh okay in, in LA. Yeah. Uh, he he won first round. Boom boom boom. Done. Uh, and, and Joe was there, and Joe wouldn't look at me. You know, he was ringside. And then finally, he, he, because I was just staring at his ass, you know, just <laughs> looking at him. <laughs> finally, he turned and, and gave me a nod. Just just give me that nod. And so I realized, you know, that I, I really uh, went against his creed, you know, what he was talking about. Yeah. But I'm sorry. I'm sorry, dude, you know. You're learning what you need to learn. You're you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Exactly. Everybody is. Exactly. Everybody is. No one's out of place. Yeah. Every, you know that that that's why this world we live in is so perfect. But what you got to realize, you know, that you have when you evolve. The first thing you got to realize. This is what they say in in in, uh, in uh, yoga is uh, Beacon's yoga, by the way. Uh, oh, yeah, sure. Stay on your own towel. And what does that mean? It means keep your thoughts and your eyes and everything on what you're doing. Yeah. Don't worry about what someone next to you is doing. Don't try to get into some kind of competitive thing with somebody. And, and you know what I mean? Keep your mind. You can't have two thoughts in your mind at the same time. Yeah, run your own and, and so what you do, you you keep your 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 thoughts on you. You're the one that needs a, the 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 uh, to evolve, you know. And so just worry about yourself. Hundred percent. Yeah. And and if you do that, uh, you're halfway there. You're you know, halfway there. I, I hope a lot more people can hear you say that and can follow that bit of advice. I really do, man, because. We need it. And you, sir, I have had the most amazing time talking to you, man. Thank you so oh, much. You are, you are legit, a legit, you are an honest treasure, man. I'm glad people like you exist. Uh, well, thank you. And anytime, anytime I'm available, I'm here, man, to, get, I'm I, here I, to, to, to give a good bullshit or bad bullshit. I'm looking to go on and, you know, do this on my own. And, you know, obviously talking to people like you is an absolute you know, privilege, but, um, yeah, dude, I have a nine to, I'm a corporate guy, man. I, I have a career. I've been in marketing for 20 plus years and I, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. This is good this for is you. Dude. This is what I want. This is what I love. I'll do, then this do it. Then do it. Right. That's the evolution that, that, that you will eventually, you know, you're, you're there now. Yeah. I just want, I just, I'll leave you with one thing is that, you, when when you when you, first of all, when you read Joel as Goldsmith, yeah. you get it. I, I, but let's leave it there. Get on get on the internet now and, and pick out a Joel Goldsmith book. 
I will, okay. man. And I will. And again, dude, I, I appreciate it. You're an absolute treasure. I'd love to have you back, man. So I will for sure. Anytime. All right, my I, man. I, have I'm a great day. Anytime. Bye-bye. Tommy Chong, ladies and gentlemen. Till next time, I'll see you guys. Mm-hmm.